Fonte, we are on the road at the ACC tournament, coming to your courtside as Louisville and Florida State about to tip it up here in the 8-9 game of the ACC tournament. Thanks so much for joining us. We're brought to you in part by IBEW Nika and by Burdick Lexus. Phone lines open the entire way. We want to hear from you at 315-437-7644. We may have a guest or two, but we're going to obviously keep this entirely Cuse basketball today and First things first, Seth, it's a good sign for the Orange. We're still doing a show today here in Brooklyn. That's a very good sign. Look, we knew la- we knew going into last night's game, Syracuse needed a win, right? They needed a win to even think about making the NCAA tournament. They got that win, and I would imagine, as, as you do, we'll talk about this more later, tonight if they could beat North Carolina, if they could topple that giant, that big signature win, they'll be a lock to make the tournament. But they had to win last night's game to even have this come up. Yeah, we talked about it last week. We said win three in a row and you're in. Beat Clemson, win last night against Wake Forest, beat North Carolina, you punch your ticket to the NCAA tournament. They've they've taken care of the first two steps, and now the, the biggest step tonight, neutral site game against a very good North Carolina team, a team that they literally had on the ropes two weeks ago tonight inside the Carrier Dome. Carolina came up with a big a couple big plays down the stretch, won that game by four. Syracuse gets a, another crack at them tonight and maybe their last crack at uh, earning that NCAA tournament bid. I, I saw that ESPN is projecting that, that Syracuse has got a 71% chance at this point to make the NCAA tournament. You win tonight, and, and again, I think that, that number rises to 98 99%, and, and Syracuse can rest easy come Selection Sunday. You lose this one. And then it's bubble watch, and you're you know you're worried about the other bubble teams, and and you're certainly sweating it out this Sunday. Yeah, you're hoping more teams like St. Mary's go down, and and you know maybe take themselves off the bubble. You're hoping that nobody makes a run in the Big East, uh, you know, or, or or here you're hoping Notre Dame loses, you're hoping Louisville loses. You know, you're you've got to hope for a lot. I think if Syracuse doesn't win tonight's game, they're still there, they're still in the conversation, but I don't know that they've got enough if they don't win another one. A late-arriving crowd? Is that a, a kind way of there saying are, it? There are literally tens of people here. Okay, maybe hundreds. I mean, we saw, what would you what would you speculate? Last Four night? times this in terms of the crowd size of the game last night? Three oh, absolutely. times the size How, of this crowd? Uh, this is a, a silly question, but tonight they op- today they opened up the upper deck. The, the lower bowl is very empty. How bad do you feel for the, the sparse few sitting in the upper deck looking down, and they're like, Literally seats right behind us that are open. Yeah, we've got Virginia fans behind us. It shows you, you know, how h- hardcore Virginia fans are these days. They don't play till tomorrow. They play the winner of this one between They're scouting, Louisville actually. and Florida. Yes, the, the Virginia fans are here scouting, but uh, not too many people here in attendance as they're about to tip it up here in the 8-9 game between Louisville and Florida State. The big three there last night, they all scored in double figures. Marek Dolajai, a career game. He was obviously the difference maker. And we talked about it on the show yesterday, Seth, and we've talked about it for the last several weeks, the need for another score. 
They've had three all year. Who else is going to step up? Merrick has been the next in line that you would expect. And last night he was fantastic, had 20 points. And Pascal Chuku added 14. You get 34 points between those two guys. You're going to be awfully tough to yeah, beat. Yeah, all you need is for Pascal Chuku and, and Marek Dolchai to score just as many points as the rest of the team, and you'll be good, and you'll win some games. Uh, you know, but on a serious note, I felt kind of like an idiot yesterday because my keys to the game were so obvious, right? Like, my keys to the game all show were, well, you've got to get something out of that next option, and you've got to defend the three. What did Syracuse do? They got something, literally anything, out of that next option, and they had a great game in Dolichai and Chukwu, and they defended the three. And, yeah, they allowed some wide-open three-point looks, but for the most part, Wake wasn't hitting them, and Wake shot 20% from the three-point arc. So when you combine those two things, it led to a Syracuse win, right? It was so different from what we had seen in, uh, you know, previous games, recent games especially, where Syracuse struggled with the three uh, against uh, Boston College and you know it was different with those guys scoring Clemson they didn't really score they combined for 10 points which you would take in a heartbeat given what you've gotten out of them this season but you know BC nobody shot you know uh, Duke nobody shot the ball uh, even even UNC they didn't get enough out of those players so I think that seeing that yesterday is such a welcome sign I mean the two of them combining for 34 points and more so than that I mean Pascal Chukwu was active and engaged the entire game and, and you know Marek Dolajai came in in the second half and after Ty's battle had a phenomenal phenomenal first half he kind of faded a little bit but guess what Marek Dolajai was there and he was going to the basket strong Right, and he was and he was dunking on people, and he was going up over people. He played like he, he played confidently, like he played like he had a swagger to him. Marek Dolajai did not attempt a shot in that loss at Boston College. In the last two games, he's taken 15 shot attempts from the field. Went three for eight against Clemson and got got off to the fast start. Had seven in the first half. Didn't do much after that, but was active early while Ty, while uh, Tyus was struggling, and. and you know, pitched in with eight points that game. And then last night, he goes six for seven from the field and played his best game in a Syracuse uniform. 18 combined shots in the last two games after not taking a shot attempt against BC. And as, as we've talked about, he doesn't necessarily have to score 20 points. Like, he doesn't. If he scores eight but is aggressive and, and active and makes himself a factor and makes the defense defend him and, and keeps the defense honest, then he's doing his job. He did that against Clemson, and he certainly, certainly did that last if night he, against Wake Forest. If he scores eight and puts up the the rest of the line that he did, right, four rebounds, an assist, a couple blocks, a steal, you know, maybe a couple more rebounds here and there, a couple more assists, like if he keeps putting up that line but instead of 20 points, scores eight, like, you're more than happy with that, right? I mean, you're more than happy with the contribution he gave outside of the scoring. And, I, you know, I watched that game last night, and uh, I think that is what we were all hoping maybe he would do in a couple years, right? Like, hey, you look confident. You're going to the basket. You're shooting jumpers. Um, you know, and, and it was weird to me because he wasn't that way in the first half. In the first half, he was a little bit more tentative. And then in the second half, something just flipped, right? Something just changed. And, uh, you know, he picked up the slack when, when this team needed it. Yeah, O'Shea Brissett struggled. O'Shea was 2 for 11 from the field, 0 for 6 from three-point range. They, they needed a spark from someone else, and I it was Merrick Dolezal. I thought Frank struggled a little bit too uh, offensively. 
you know, he had five turnovers. He, he was missing some shots. You know, Tyus Battle didn't have a very good second half. He struggled for the first part of the second half, the first half of the second half. He was efficient last night. Nine very. shot attempts, finished with 18 points. Very efficient and, and had a great, great first half. But, uh, and look, maybe he saw Marek Dolajai doing what he was doing, and, and they, they found Pascal for, for what they found. Uh, you know, with those alley-oop lobs, and, and it was working. So Tyus was kind of like, hey, they're, they're doing the job. Like, let's let's see if we can keep getting them going. Third time all season that Syracuse finished with five scores and double figures. Uh, both were at home, Texas Southern, and the first game against Boston College when Syracuse shot 60-plus percent from the field. Uh, that te Texas Southern game, you want to take a stab at the at the five double-digit scores in that Texas Southern game? Uh, Gino Thorpe. Frank Correct. Howard. Correct. Uh, O'Shea. Correct. Uh, Sidibe. Correct. And Moyer. It was Tyus. So you oh, had... I thought that was the game Tyus got hurt. Ah. Uh... So that that was. Uh... That's why I didn't say Tyus. I thought that you was the what? game he got I wanna, hurt. You know what? I want to double check that I'm right. I, I'm now you're now you have me second guessing myself. <laughs> I, I didn't think you would get Sidibe or Thorpe, but you you did. Good memory. I thought you were just going to respond without thinking about it. Tyus did have 21. You're yeah, right. Yeah, right. Okay. Ah. Yeah, that was not the game that he got hurt. Okay. So I outsmarted myself. There you go. So it's the third time they've done it in any event, and I was going to say that that game shouldn't really count because Thorpe's <laughs> not on the team anymore, and Sidibe play. plays about 15 and seconds. Southern? And it was Texas Southern. But the other time was Boston College when they shot lights out. It, it right. gives you some idea of how good they were last night offensively. And on the defensive well, and, and, side. And, Steve, to that point, they went 12 of 18 in the second half. I mean, that's incredible. They went 12 of 18. They hit two-thirds of their shots, and of the six misses, four were from three. Okay, you live with that, right? And defensively, you know, you mentioned that they defended the three well. Wake Forest was one for 13 from three-point range in the first half. Finished six for 29 at 21%. You're going to take that as well. And, you know, they got off to that, that fast hours 20 to 4, and, and you never felt like Syracuse was in trouble after that. Wake made a couple of runs. Wake got it to six on a couple of occasions, got it to two possessions in the second half. But you never really felt like Syracuse is in, is in danger of losing this game. I mean, they led start to finish, and, and that start had a, had a lot to do with it. They came out ready to play last night. Yeah, I, I mean, that was as good a start, I think, as we've seen, right? I, I mean, that's as good a start of a game as we've seen out of this Syracuse team this year. They got off to a 20-4 start. Um, and, yeah, Wake Forest fought their way back, clawed their way back, uh, you know, and made it tight and close. And, you know, to your point, I never felt like they were truly in danger. Did you feel a little bit uneasy? Like, yeah, maybe you did. But I never felt like they were really in danger of losing, like you said. Uh, you know, they, that game got closer, but each time it got close, and, and look, Syracuse had, what, a six-minute drought near the end of the game? Um you know, it, it felt like they were going to be able to do something. You know, they had a, a six-minute scoring drought, but then they got to the foul line, and, and they kept hitting their free throws. Uh, there was an answer. I don't know why, but the, there was an answer in that game last night. One of the biggest shots, I, I don't know if it was the biggest shot because they, they had a comfortable cushion at the time, but Wake Forest made a run early in the second half, and they cut it to eight, and then Wake had the ball, a chance to cut it to two possessions. They missed. Syracuse went down. Frank Howard hit a three, and it went from eight to 11, and then right after that, SU went on an 11-0 run. That was the beginning of that 11-0 run, and it went from... 
you know, a six-point or an eight-point game, rather, a chance to cut it to five or six, and then they're able to extend the lead. They go on an 11-0 run right after that. They extend the lead to, to 14 points, and then, uh, again, Wake made it interesting late, but Syracuse had enough uh, to hang on and now puts itself in position to punch its ticket tonight to the NCAA that, tournament. That one was a big one. That was a big uh, turning point. I'll also point out, uh, I believe the lead got down to six points. It was the closest Wake got was six. I believe the lead got down to six points, and then going the other way, Pascal Chukwu is leading a break and tosses an underhanded alley-oop to, to Pascal Chukwu. Um, and that was, I think that was a huge play. I think it was around the three-and-a-half, four-minute mark. Um, that seemed like a very, very big play. Uh, you know, Syracuse was kind of on the ropes, uh, they they had struggled offensively. Uh, Pascal Ch Wake had gotten back into the game, and Dolajai was kind of breaking out and, and getting more comfortable. And all of a sudden, he he goes and lobs up this underhanded lob to to Chukwu, who uh, you know, to his credit, it was at 15, uh, it was at 15:01 of the half, and it was 43:34. Uh, Wake had just made a couple free throws. They had thrown the press on. It was an unsettled situation. The ball ends up in Dolajai's hand after a loose ball, and and he just tosses up, uh, you know, and, and and I think that was a huge play uh, to throw up that alley oop and uh, you know allow them to really take back momentum. You were here, you know, this place was what 80% orange. Yes. 85% orange. As expected. And when that one went down, the place just erupted. We are at the under-16 timeout of the uh, first game of the day here at the Barclays Center, the 8-9 game between Louisville and Florida State cards with a 10-7 lead. We're going to take our first timeout as well. Phone lines open, 315-437-7644. Back after this, it's Orange Nation live on the road from the ACC tournament. You're listening to ESPN Radio. Live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Steven Seth back with you courtside at the Barclays Center. The 8-9 game between Florida State and Louisville continues. Game tied up at 12, 14-11 to play in the opening half. Winner of this one gets Virginia. A lot of sitting around today, uh, Seth, for for not only us. Uh, well, we're not going to be sitting around. We're going to be working. But for the Syracuse players and coaches. I'm, I'm kind of going to be sitting around. For a all right, bit. I'm going to be working. All right, <laughs> you, you can sit around and watch the basketball. i got to work for Channel 9 later. Uh, we'll have uh, reports at 5, 6 o'clock previewing uh, this game. Uh, but uh, a lot of sitting around for the team. 9.30-ish tip time between uh, Syracuse and North Carolina tonight. And, and should the, the Orange advance, it will be another late start uh, tomorrow night against Miami. The, the NCAA tournament resume is looking better and better for this team. Uh, last night was important for a lot of reasons. I mean, obviously. They lose that game last night. They don't get to 20 wins. Then they add a second bad loss to Wake Forest. I think we can consider Wake Forest a bad loss. Now, SU does not have a loss on its resume of anyone uh, from the, you know, top, I guess outside the top 150 RPI is the way that I should put it. So no sure. one below 150 in the RPI. Both Georgia Tech and Wake Forest are in the 140s. But last night you avoid a second loss to Wake Forest. You pick up another win, which gives you 20 now on the season. Your RPI, it, last I checked, was at 36. Um, the the resume is looking better and better. And again, at the end of the day, is it enough to get in? Maybe. You win tonight, though, and there, there's no doubt about it. And, yeah. I, you know, so I think that obviously is SU's mindset. You want to win as many games as you can. If they lose tonight, 
there's still a chance. But as we all know, as it gets closer and closer to Sunday, the bubble tends to shrink a little bit as there's, you know, a bid stealer or somebody makes an unexpected run like a Notre Dame, for instance. If Notre Dame wins a few games down here, you know, maybe they're in. Louisville, Louisville, right? Louisville playing for its postseason life uh, to some degree today. So as as you get closer and closer to Sunday, the bubble tends to shrink. So if you want to make sure about things, if if you're Syracuse, you you go out and, and you win this game tonight, and then there's no doubt about it. Yeah, and can I just add, you mentioned twice there, Syracuse won 20 games this year. Uh, can we just take a minute and talk about that? Because who would have thought at the beginning of the year that this team was going to reach 20 wins? Like, I think that even if you were the most optimistic, you were saying to yourself, all right, 18, 19, they're a fringe bubble team, probably on the on the wrong side of the bubble, right, looking in. Uh, you know, they'll end up in the NIT, but, hey, it's a very, very young team. Uh, you know, we don't know what we're getting out of anybody, really. Dolajai, Chukwu, Sidibe, Moyer. Uh, you know, we, we don't know what any of this is going to be. Is is Frank Howard going to be good enough as a starting point guard? We had no idea. And now, not only are they still on the bubble, they're, they're a lot closer to the right side of it than we thought they were going to be. And they won 20 games. Like, I, I don't think that in October we thought this was going to happen. No. Not at all. And, you know, we gave our projection, or our predictions and our projections before the season started. and I think we both were at, like, what, 18 in the NIT? Yeah, I mean, that was, that was about what you would expect, you know, for this team. And, again, you lost Torian Thompson at the time. You didn't even know you were going to lose Geno Thorpe. They've had some injuries. Howard Washington went down. Not that he was a, a key piece to the puzzle at the time, but he added some depth in the backcourt. At least it was another body. Um, Last night, there was not a, a single sub made by Syracuse until Tyus Battle fouled out in the final minute in, in, in the second half. Right. Now, you know, Merrick played great, but, you know, Matthew Moyer has obviously fallen out of favor. He had the ankle injury. He has not been the same since. Barama Sidibe has been dealing with the, the knee trouble all year long. Uh, he did not play very much uh, last night at all, played five minutes. Um, you know, Moyer got two minutes, and... Jim Beheim did not go to his bench in the second half at all I can't until Tyus Battle I, fouled I, out. I, I can't say I blame him. You know, I was getting a couple tweets during the game last night basically saying, how could you not, how could you not, uh, you know, how could you not sub in the second half? And I was just like, who do you want them to put in? Like, who do you want Jim Beheim to put in right now? Moyer, when he's played, has been ineffective. He came in for two minutes in the first half, had a, had a couple bad offensive possessions and a couple bad defensive possessions, and got yanked in favor of Marek Dolajai, who I believe already had two fouls. And then you had Sidibe, and, and Sidibe's clearly not himself. So, you know, I don't blame Jim Bam for not substituting. And again, it just goes to the, wow, they've won 20 games factor of, I can't believe they've gotten this far given the depth limitations and the player limitations they've got. Yeah, you couldn't take Merrick out of that game last night. I mean, he was no. he was absolutely fantastic and you know, he deserved the extra playing time and he finished with 38 minutes, scored 20 points, career game out of Merrick Dolajai and uh, Syracuse comes away with a 73-64 win. Let's take another time out. When we return, we'll be joined by Jeff Jones. He works for our sister station in Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina, WNCN. We'll take a time out. We'll be back with a preview of Syracuse and Carolina right after this on ESPN Radio. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Steven Seth coming to you live from courtside inside the Barclays Center at the ACC Tournament. Louisville has opened up a 10-point lead on Florida State, 32-22. 
with 324 left in the first half. It happened when we were talking with Jeff Jones. <laughs> it was just a really close game, wasn't it? It was. And now Louisville's opened up a 10-point uh, lead. We're at the under-four timeout in the first half of the 8-9 game. The winner of this one moves on to play Virginia. Full lines are open, 315-437-7644. Jake and Syracuse, we don't. Do we have Jake in Syracuse? Jake, are you there? Is that good? Hello? Yeah, Jake, you there? We got you. Go ahead, hey, Jake. I'm here. You guys see me? Yep. Yeah, we got you. Go ahead. All right, real quick. I'm going to give you three keys for the game. But maybe it's going to be hard, but these are good three keys for the game tonight. We've got to get at least two points off the bench. Somebody has to be something off the bench. Uh, okay, Bissett cannot play the way he played last night. What was his shooting percentage? Like 18%? At least get that up there, double that. We, we might be able to win. And you got to get two Carolina off the offensive glass. I think they had 19, 20 offensive rebounds here at the Dome. I mean, if we can cut that number in half, you know, do those little things, and we'll be able to pull this out. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Jake. And, and you know, a couple of things there that I'll agree with. Uh, I agree with the offensive rebounding. I agree that uh, O'Shea's got to shoot better than he did last night. He was uh, struggling mightily last night. He was 2 for 11 from the field, 0 for 6 from 3. Uh, here's where I won't agree with you, Jake. I don't think they need bench scoring. I don't think they need bench scoring. Not if not if Merrick Doljai and Pascal Chukwu are going to get the job done, right? Uh, especially last night when they scored 35. You don't need anything from the bench. If they're going to combine to give you 10, 15, 20 points, you don't need bench scoring. Uh, you need bench scoring if they're not going to do it, right? Like, I, I think, Steve, you agree with this. They need that contribution to come from somebody. It doesn't matter where it comes from, but as long as they get it, right? So Matt Moyer and Baram Sidibe played seven total minutes. I don't need them scoring. Like, they weren't good. They weren't effective. I need the scoring from somewhere, and last night Dolajai and Chukwu did it. Yeah, I mean, the way that that five played in the second half in particular, um, yeah, you would, you would sign up for that, and I, I don't think you can count on bench scoring. Um, so, you know, with this team, it's got to be the big three. And Brissett didn't even play all that well last night, and, and they're still able to beat Wake Forest. So, to me, that's a good sign. Uh, they, they need four guys to do something offensively. And last night, they got five. And, and Chuku was fantastic down low. And, again, he doesn't do much other than just dunk the basketball and rebound. But that, that's all you need out of him. You need him to stay in the game, stay out of foul trouble tonight, and, and have – in my opinion, four sources of scoring. And, you know, and they've had three all year. Last night they had five. I was joking around after the game with uh, an SU alum and, and somebody down here in the city that uh, that was in the press room. And I, I was joking around because they, they said something like, wow, how many alley-oops are going to throw? Like it looked like the Globetrotters at some point. And I said, well, with Chukwu, you just have to give him the ball because he's going to drop it at some point. And it's either he's, he's going to catch it up above the rim and drop it or he's going to catch it down below his knees and drop it. So you just hope that it's up high and it drops in. Uh, like, and, 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 you know, it's, it's half kidding, but that's his offense. Like, he doesn't have an offensive game. Like, it does not exist if not for lobs above the rim. He had three assists last night, and I, I think all three of them, he was, like, bobbling the ball as he passed it. And but I somehow think, it, it, you know, it got to Dolajai, and, and he was able to finish. And I'll, I'll go a step further, Steve. I think on at least two of the three, he passed up an, an easy dunk. Yeah, he, he's got to get stronger with the ball. And, and, you know, in all seriousness, you go back to that North Carolina game, and not to pin the loss on him, but but that was the play that decided the game. He was not strong with the ball. He threw, you know, he had the ball ripped from him. I was going to say threw it away, but he had it ripped from him, essentially, by Joel right. Berry, who went the length of the court and, uh, and scored the go-ahead basket, and then Berry hit a couple of free throws. 
and, and that was it. That's the biggest knock on his game is that he's he's got to get stronger. And, you know, last night I thought he played pretty well. He still had a couple of missed opportunities. I mean, he finished with, what, 14 points, nine boards. You know, he could have gone for 20 last night oh, easy. if he was, easy. Uh, you know, able to catch the ball and, and, and finish, uh, you know, every time. But uh, he played well, obviously. Dolajai played great. And if you get some semblance of that effort tonight, um, I do think that this is going to be a close game. I, you know, I ended the interview with Jeff talking about the fact that Syracuse has some momentum. I firmly believe that. You know, people are going to say, well, they played so many minutes last night, they're going to be tired. I don't think so. You know, maybe we have that conversation tomorrow if Syracuse wins. And you can say, well, they, you know, they might be spent after, you know, beating Carolina and Wake Forest. I don't think um, they will. Tonight. I don't think that's going to be the case tonight. I think, if anything, they're going to come into this game with a little bit of momentum. They, you know, they, they worked out the kinks and the nerves. And let's not forget, a lot of these guys are really young. We talk about the five-year drought between conference tournament victories. You know, I mentioned it yesterday on the news. The freshmen on this team, they weren't even in high school the last time Syracuse won a, a conference tournament game. They, they don't know what it means to, to even play in a conference tournament, let alone struggle in one. So this was a brand-new experience for them. It was a game that they obviously absolutely had to have. They get it, and I'm not saying the pressure is off going into tonight. There's obviously still pressure on this team, but the fact that they got the one that they had to have, I think they come out a little bit looser tonight and I think Carolina, if anything, it might take them a few minutes to get going. Yeah, and you know what, Steve? I will say this. I don't think that the fatigue is an issue because if you watch that game last night, they were running up and down the floor, and they were doing it until the last minute. Like, they looked fresh at the end. You know, it's it's not like they looked like they were laboring. It's not like they looked like they needed to slow the game down. They slowed the game down because it made sense towards the end, but they could have still gotten up and ran, and they did at times in the last minute. Uh, you know, so I, I don't think that they were really tired at the end of that game. And I'd be surprised if fatigue set in today. To your point, if it sets in tomorrow and, and you know, they're playing a game tomorrow against, uh, you know, Miami. Right? You'll live with Miami, that. You <laughs> You'll know, live and, with that. Right? Yeah, it happens. I mean, three games in three days is going to hurt anybody, let alone a team that only plays six, maybe seven. Yeah, I mean, they played Saturday. Saturday, Tuesday, that's not a big deal for this team. No. They've been doing it all season long. That's now, a normal tournament. Again, tonight, I don't think fatigue is going to be a factor. You know, if the week progresses, you know, if they're not playing five games in five days. I mean, I, I just, I don't think that's shocked. possible for this for this team. Um, you know, are they capable of beating, you know, each opponent one by one? Yeah. Are they capable of doing that, you know, five days in a row? I don't think so. Uh, because at some point they are going to hit the wall and at some point they are, you know, the minutes are going to catch up with them. I don't think that's going to be the case tonight, though. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to get involved. Uh, we are under a minute to play, under 30 seconds to play here in the opening half. Uh, not great news uh, on the bubble front as Louisville is, is winning and and winning big. Up huge on Florida State's a 16-point Cardinal advantage. Steve, this was a this was a 17-14 uh, uh, Florida State lead, and they're now up. They're now down 38-22 heading into the half, and they're down 41-22 heading into the half. Three-pointer <laughs> at the buzzer. As Ryan McMahon hits a buzzer beater. But, I mean, that's a that's an insane run. I mean, that's a 27-5 that's a, a run over nine, ten minutes to end the half. 41-22 at the break. Louisville looking awfully good. Louisville looking to punch its ticket to How the NCAA tournament. How is McMahon turn. still in school? Didn't he hit those free throws? And did, didn't he have that overtime against Syracuse like Rakeem Christmas's senior year? Like, didn't he? He's like, on the uh, the Aaron Kraft plan he, at I mean, Ohio State. I thought he was a senior that year. How is he still in school? 
How's he still here? That was four years ago. He's a knockdown shooter, no doubt about it. Uh, Louisville six for 11 from three-point range in that first half, winning the battle on the boards as well, 25 to 18. Uh, Cardinals in complete control, up by 19 at the break. Again, the winner of this one gets the top seed in Virginia tomorrow at noon. We're going to take another timeout as our number one is in the books. Again, phone lines open the rest of the way, 315-437-7644. Our number two of Orange Nation. Kicks off right after this on ESPN Radio.